From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Relationships, relationships, relationships. Today we are talking about the currency and the value of relationships in a business sense and how can you use relationships, um, I mean that in a good way, how can we leverage off of relationships to advance us towards our goals and how can we be of relationship value to other people to help them advance towards their goals. That is the theme of the show today. Uh, the the guest that I have, I think you're really going to find fascinating. Uh, he's a really, really smart guy. His name's David Knorr. Uh, he wrote a book called Relationship Economics and really kind of coined that phrase several years ago. And it's just powerful. And and so we have a we have a really good, healthy conversation. Uh, David provides some really practical practical kind of steps that you can do to get more value out of your relationships. And then after the interview, I'm going to share with you, as I was reflecting, five rules of developing more influential relationships. And these are five things that are are actionable that you can do to become more influential and draw and attract more influential relationships. So I think you're going to want to tune in for that. It's a great episode. It is going to be one that helps you make more money and helps you advance towards your goals in life. So thank you for tuning in. I know you're going to love it. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, Go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Hey, you know, one of the ways that uh, speakers earn respect from me and authors is if I either lose a speaking engagement to them and one of our clients chooses them over me or I speak in their footsteps and follow them. And and uh, David Knorr, our guest this week, is somebody that that has happened to. And we've shared the stage. He's out there speaking a lot and speaks at some really big events and some great events. He's the CEO of the Nor Group, which is a consulting firm that works with uh, boards and leaders of some big-time companies, Disney, Cisco, Deloitte, Hilton, uh, HP, IBM. And his brand and expertise, which I know you're going to love and eat up, is on relationship economics. And he actually wrote the book, called Relationship Economics, which came out uh, a handful of years ago. He's in his third edition of that book. And it's the prequel to uh, a book he's got coming out here in uh, just a few months called Co-Create. So I thought it would be good to have him on the show. We've met, uh, had ever officially met before. I knew of him. So David, welcome. It's good to uh, be with you. I appreciate you having me. So give us the overview of 
relationship economics. What does the concept all about? Sure. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with my story, I'm, I'm originally from Iran. Uh, I, I came to the U.S. in 1981 with a hundred bucks, a suitcase, didn't know anybody and didn't speak a word of English. And and I, I, I certainly didn't get it then, but I think I was five or six years old and, and walking through the bazaars of Iran with my dad and and he fundamentally got things done through relationships, whether we needed access to a plumber at the house that day or an influential local politicians. And I tell you that story because the rest of the world builds relationships first from which they do business. Unfortunately, many of us as Americans or even, let's say, you know, Westerners are so focused on the business part that if and only if the business part works, we'll think about building the relationship. So several years ago, almost crazy to believe, almost two decades ago, um, I, I started thinking there's got to be more to this idea of, of business relationships than, quote unquote, you know, you hear people talk about so-and-so has got soft skills or they're just an extrovert. So I, I became a student of it. I'm still a student of it. It's amazing what I still learn. But what I've created is really a, a, a systematic, disciplined process to become more intentional in the relationships you choose to invest in. Hmm. And if you think about that notion, A, it's a choice, right? On any given day, you and I can talk to 100 different people. Well, million-dollar question, which hundred, right? And, and sociologists tell us that an average individual can proactively manage about 100 to 150 relationships. So which ones are you leaving you know, neglected? Which ones do you prioritize? Which ones do you focus a lot of an abundance of your time and effort on? Um, how do you make sure it's an investment? And like any other student investor, look for a return on that investment so ideas like being more quantifiable, ideas like being more strategic, not just leaving it to just haphazard or, or circumstance, if you will. So, so bring in a little more discipline around this thing that we all know it's important. Unfortunately, not enough people think of it as, it, as its significance, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, and discipline obviously is you know what we talk about around here all all the time. And I I love this I love the idea of applying discipline to relationships and 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 having a you know a strategy and just being proactive about it. So what are what are some of those criteria? Because you know I've heard that before that social scientists say 150 relationships and you go well you 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 know some some portion of those relationships and maybe I'm wrong on this so feel free to correct me but I, I go well some portion is your family and people that you work with and you have some varying degree over how much you interact with those people but but how do you choose the people to be in that circle great great question so the 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 first uh, you know one of the things that I often hear people say is well I network a lot but unfortunately I don't have a lot to show for it and, and so I, I wrote you know, Relationship Economics. The first chapter is the top 10 reasons most networking doesn't work. And for you and your audience, the Reader's Digest version is because there's no purpose, there's no goal, there's no plan. So you first have to know uh, and you have to really be candid with yourself about why you're trying to build relationships. Here's, here's an interesting tidbit or food for thought is think about it for a second. Relationships are not a standalone concept, right? None of us build relationships because we're bored, right? It's an enabler. We build relationships to get things done. We build relationships, and again, beyond your family and personal friends, and, and that's the other thing I, I often talk about is there's actually three types, right? There's your kind of personal relationships, golf, fishing, but you know, buddies. They're they're discretionary. We kind of pick them. And we pick people that are a lot like us. They have similar things that they enjoy, right? But we're, we're from a personal standpoint, we get along. They like us, warts and all. Sure. But we don't necessarily know 
or, or realize how they may be relevant in our professional lives, right? My next door neighbor, Tim, great guy, has a little landscaping business. You know, they've been over to my house, we've been over theirs, but it's not really relevant to my professional life, right? Next bucket of relationships are your functional ones. These are the people we put up with because we have to. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Some of our colleagues, some of our clients, some of the people we work with, they may not be discretionary. We may not pick who we work with, but they're still safe because of the context of our work together, right? I go to work. I do my thing. I work with you because I, in essence, have to. But then after work, we don't have to necessarily be friends and we don't have to necessarily kind of associate together. But so it's, the context is very much focused on efficiency, effectiveness. Most people I meet have plenty of the first two. It's the last one they miss out on, which are really the strategic relationships. Mm. By definition, strategic relationships elevate your thinking, elevate your perspective. You and I speak you know, 50, 60 times a year at global events. If you want to speak 100 times or if you want to speak at much you know, bigger events or bigger opportunities, there are strategic relationships that can accelerate your ability or my ability to get there. So most people, whether they're frontline contributors or executives and board members that I meet simply don't have enough strategic relationships that can challenge their status quo, that can elevate their thinking, that can really push them above and beyond their comfort zone. So what relationship economics is, is really, again, a a systematic discipline process that says start with some definitive goals, figure out who do you need, we call those pivotal contacts, figure out who do you know, and be really disciplined about updating your current contacts. And, and I'll talk about an exercise in a second that you or your audience can do. And then really think about what investment efforts can I make? Am I willing to make for those relationships to accelerate my ability to get things done? So so before you go on, uh, the, the strategic, you talk about these three types of relationships. And I, uh, I agree with you. It's like the strategic ones are the, are the key ones and what you seem to be focused on. And there's, there's an element, there's an emotional element here. I feel like there's, there's a level of boldness that you're talking about, David, with being forward about, yeah, I'm, I'm developing these relations, relationships strategically because there's a purpose. And I think that some people struggle and, and with, well, I feel like I'm using people or how do you, how do you reconcile that fear of like, I'm only friends with you because of what you can do for me? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great, great question and a great comment. And I and I make sure every time I talk to an audience, I preface my comments with, listen, my job here isn't to teach you how to be more manipulative or how to use people. And 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 the easiest way I can describe it is, and, and I think you can relate to your own background with this, we all meet three types of people. And I've always believed there's three types of relationship builders, right? Givers, God bless Mother Teresa. They just get something very euphoric, very altruistic from just you know, giving, you know, God bless these people. The challenge is, I I don't know about you, but, but I have something called a mortgage and and most of us can't be just pure givers, right? That's also not sustainable. The other end of the spectrum are takers, right? And, and, and Adam Grant, the, the warden professor has written a book called Givers and Takers. Great book if you haven't read it or your audience hasn't read it, but it also, you know, talks about and reinforces some of these ideas. So takers, the only time they call is when they want something. Right, You haven't heard from these people in years, but suddenly out of the blue, they send you a LinkedIn message or they call you, hey, how are you? And they act like your best friend. You're like, where have you been? I haven't talked to you in a while. The only reason they're calling is they want something, right? And, and, and by the way, takers never think of themselves as takers. And taking is also not sustainable because that's when people start not returning your calls and emails. 
the most astute ones are relationship investors who fundamentally understand you cannot make a $100 deposit in your bank and ask for 1000 in return. Yet people ask us all for favors where they haven't earned the right to do so. So if you don't want to be manipulative, if you don't want to, if you don't want to, you know, you want to leverage the emotional aspect of this, which is really smart. I'm a big believer of, of when you meet others, give them a hand instead of putting your hand out. What are you doing to reciprocate first? What are you doing to find ways to be an asset to them? And those who get it, right? The light bulb goes off. This guy's really going out of his way to help me or this, or she is really being kind to me. Not only should I say thank you, but then I should ask, what can I do to help you? So if you start by investing, if you start by giving, if you start by finding a way to be an asset to other people, it's amazing. Those who get it, and there's still a lot who don't, but those who get it will say thank you and say, you know, you're very kind of you to help me. What can I do to help you? And that's when you can say, listen, didn't you come from GE? Didn't you, weren't you just at Siemens? Aren't you doing some consulting work at so-and-so company? I would be grateful for an introduction. So in that mode, in that, those two steps, what I've done is I've made a deposit first, and I call it a relationship currency deposit, right, before I ask for something in return, before I ask for a, a return on that relationship investment. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? Yeah, so I, I'm following you there, and it, there's, it's still, it's, uh, you know, there is a level of boldness, and you're saying, yeah, I'm going to help you, and you'll help me, and, and that's okay. It's, 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 a, it's, it's okay. That's how business is done. And let, I really appreciate what you said when you started. In every other country in the world, that is how it works. Sure. Like that is the primary. Whereas, uh, you know, at least in the United States, where we are, right? At least where we are right now, it it it's not it's not always that way. So I want to I want to come back to who, because I think that how uh, the concept of reciprocation and that I think is really good and powerful. I love the idea of givers, takers, investors. Um, uh, but there's you know there's a lot of people around that you can do favors for. Sure. How, do you have uh, any more like uh, you know tips or guidelines of for yeah. figuring out who? Yeah. So 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 again, the, the 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 relationship currency you know roadmap that I talk about is again start with your goal. All right. So let me let me just take an example that might be that might be better. Right. So let's say I'm a I'm a sales professional. Uh, or I'm a project manager, or I, you know, whatever, whatever your realm of responsibility, start with a business outcome that you cannot achieve by yourself, right? And, and most of us have priorities, right? So I'm a big believer of if you have, let's just make a list of, you know, five, eight, 10 priorities. Who are the, the three relationships for each of those that you need to accelerate your ability to achieve that goal? Now, if you think about it a second, we throw enough time, effort, resources at any goal. We'll eventually get there, right? One of the most undervalued assets in our relationships, in our portfolio relationships, is that they can accelerate our ability. I know you. You know Greg McEwen that you interviewed for one of your previous sessions. Mm -hmm. He's doing exactly or he's doing some of what I'm trying to get done. Now, I could, sure, get through LinkedIn and I could you know, call him directly, but he doesn't know me from Joe off the street, right? So if I leverage the relationship with you, that accelerates my ability to get to him and accomplish the outcome I'm after. So make a list of priorities, make a list of the top three relationships you need to accelerate your ability to reach that goal, right? That becomes, in essence, your, again, I call them pivotal contacts. Then you got to really think about your existing relationship bank, right? And we all do a really bad job. We do a really poor job in keeping up 
with the people we already know. Almost every executive I meet wants to meet new people and grow their business. And one of the first questions, and this actually might be a good exercise for your audience, right? If you take out your smartphone, and, 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 and I do this with my audience when I speak, right? So if you go to your contacts, right? You know, we all have these things within three feet of us, right? And I go to my contacts and, and I go to alphabetical, right? So now I'm at A's. My question inevitably of every audience is, do you know any of these people? Because, <laughs> right? Because we, we're, we're so consumed by collecting all this information that we don't keep up with any of it that we don't keep them updated. And I, I don't know who Angela is, or I don't know who Adam is. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. I worked with him 15 years ago. But I don't know if the guy's still alive. I don't know if he's still in business. I don't know if he still lives in U.S. I, so one of the easiest things we can do is is you know go back and I don't know about your business or your audience business, but mine around July, you know, fourth of July time frame around December, it really slows down. Right. I tell my clients I'm really cheap in July and December, right? So yeah. what I what I do is I print out my I physically print out my contacts. And I go through each one and I ask myself, when was the last time I spoke to this person? When was the last time I saw them? When was the last time I invested in this relationship? And by the way, is this person still relevant to some of the things I'm trying to do? My priority list, right? If not, I export that contact to a spreadsheet. I still have access to them. They're still in my, you know, CRM system or my, you know, you know, newsletter system or whatever. But they're no longer relevant to what I'm trying to get done. So if you just start by cleaning up your existing contacts and and really ascertaining which ones I'm leaving neglected, which ones are critical to my success, my goals, my priorities that I I'm not investing in or I'm I'm over investing in. All of that brings a, a little more of a disciplined approach to this thing. Like I said, everybody knows it's important, but we're not investing enough time, effort, resources in it. One of the things that I learned years ago, you cannot improve something you don't measure. Yeah. And we all know relationships are important. Very few people measure it. Very few people measure the investments they're making and the return they're getting from those investments. Yeah. And I think and you don't you don't have a problem with saying this person is no longer relevant to what I'm doing. Absolutely not. And, and again, listen to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big believer of don't ever burn a bridge, right? I'm not going to send them an email. Listen, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it sticks to be you. You're no longer relevant in my sphere. All, all I'm doing is I'm prioritizing a group of people that, again, I have bandwidth for, I can focus on, I can, I can, I can aim to reconnect, reengage, go deeper with, Right, and then I'm to do that just like we do spring cleaning. Right, you deprioritize others that are just not relevant. I'm not saying you know throw them out the window. I'm saying you only have a limited amount of bandwidth. You only have so many hours in the day. You only have so much capacity. Focus on the relationships that are most impactful, most relevant to your business goals and objectives. Yeah, well, there's definitely an emotional part of of that, but it's just like saying no to anything. Like the only way you develop the permission to say no is by realizing that anytime you say yes to one thing, you're simultaneously <laughs> saying no to something else. Absolutely. And so you go, well, it's not that I'm necessarily claiming them irrelevant as much as I'm claiming I'm elevating the relevancy of other people, and if uh, and and that's a that's a strategic choice. They're a strategic a strategic context. So I like that, and I love that. I think it's I think it's just valuable asking the question. Okay, 
what are my goals? Because people ask that, right? I think we, we will say, okay, what are my goals? And then we say, how am I going to get there? And we think about it in terms of what do I have to do to get there? Like, what do I have to learn? Sure. What do I have to do? But we don't often ask the question, who do I need to know to get there? Great point. Great point. And one of the things, and, and Jim Collins, by the way, we spoke at an event together as well, love his approach of whenever we're faced with a challenge or an opportunity, we often think about what should I do and how should I do it? We seldom ask the who questions. So what I've tried to do with relationship economics is take that idea one step further. And exactly as you, as you mentioned, what am I trying to get done? Priorities. Who do I need? Who do I know? How do I connect the dots with value add between the relationships I already have, people who know me, people who hopefully like me, people who trust me, people who've gotten some value from me in the past? How can I leverage those existing relationships to get access to, to open doors, to create opportunities with the people I need to accelerate my ability to get things done? None of what I said should ever be perceived as manipulative. It's being smart. It's being astute. It's really thinking about my bandwidth, my own goals, priorities, what am I trying to get done? What relationships am I most valuable to? And then how do I leverage, never use, but leverage those relationships to accelerate getting things done? Well, and the, the natural question, if you go, okay, who, what is my goal? Who do I need to get there? The, the next question is, what could I possibly do for them that would be of value to them? So it's a very service-minded focus. Uh, an approach because you you have to find your way you have to f- find a way to be useful to other people and and I, and I coach people don't just shoot in the dark right <laughs> reach out to them and say hey, listen and and I tell them use me as an example right I, I heard this guy talk or I, I read a piece or article whatever it reminded me I've done take the high road I've done a really poor job in staying in touch with you right tell me how have you been. Tell me what's going on with you. Tell me how, you know, hopefully you've somehow captured some information about them, right? So the guy's wife's name is Nancy. How's Nancy and the kids doing, right? So reconnect with them on a personal level, right? And really get back to tell me, you know, if you if I understand what your priorities are, what your goals are, in our conversation, I'm thinking, who do I know? What have I read? What event have I attended to? What book have I read lately that I think could be useful to you? And that's my initial investment. Without asking, and I've got a three-touch rule. I'll make three investments without asking for anything in return. But at some point, like I said, there's some fundamental laws of relationships, right? When you make those investments, the other side should say thank you, should look for opportunities to reciprocate, and at some point should, should pay that forward with their support of somebody else. So we've talked about the who question. Let me ask you about the where question. Is there anything specific about where do you look for these people, or does it just completely vary based on the the objective? Yeah, I, 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 you know, one of my, one of my, one of my early jobs in the '80s was at Computerland. I'm dating myself now, selling you know PCs, and and it was silly because, nice. at the, right at the time, we had these call sheets, and and I and I come from the school of, you know, dialing for dollars, and we would call you know 700 people in a day to talk to five people. Right, those days are long gone. So we're all busy. Especially executives, some of my some of my clients, their assistants have assistants, right? So I, I'm a I'm a big believer of, in essence, one of your only ways to get in is by leveraging relationships, right? So how do you create trust centric introductions, where you know you're leveraging somebody else's credibility, to get your foot in the door, right? And then really earn the right to come back, I get my return ticket punched. So so I'm a big believer of 
whenever you know i and i and i use all kinds of technologies but but nothing will ever replace you and i meeting in person so i like you know inter, interpersonal introductions um I, I typically follow up with a with a with a linkedin note or with an email you know rory thought the two of us would appreciate getting to know each other again I didn't speak any English when I came to this country, and one of the lessons I've learned is language is incredibly powerful. In that initial call, in that initial interaction, I would say the next several interactions, no, nobody ever wants to be sold. So the way I position it is, again, what I just ha- said, Rory thought you and I would appreciate getting to know each other, and that's how I approach it, whether it's a cup of coffee uh, or it's an initial visit of some kind. Um, I'm getting to know them. I'm trying to get to know them, and I'm. by the way, if I'm going to ask them to trust me at some point – Ideal if I also give them a chance to get to know me. So, so really is a, is a, and again, sociologists tell us when we meet somebody else, we give a little, they take, they judge, they give a little, we take, we judge. And it's just this natural dance, too much, too fast. And you're like, whoa, 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 dude, we just met, right? And, mm-hmm. and too little. And you're like, whoa, this person is either distant or cold or elitist or some other. So there's got to be a natural give and take of that. And, and, I, and I talk a lot about this idea of a new norm, which is if you're object of interest, if you provoke, if you add value, if you bring a contrarian perspective, those who matter will seek you out. If you really give them a chance to get to know you, if you really help you know, understand what the outcomes they're after, and you really focus on building a trusting relationship, like I said, the business from it will come. The, the results you're after will come. The promotion will come. But but really think about relationships as the arrowhead, not the feathers at the tail end of the arrow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I love it. I, I think there's there's so much, and I think a lot of us could afford to be a little bit more bold and a little more strategic in uh, asking that who question, and then and then how can we serve them? And um, I think I think it's great. So I have one more question for you, but before I do that, where do we want people to go to uh, connect with you, David? Sure. So uh, the the easiest place is uh, just our website, Nor Group N O U R Group dot com is our website. There's a blog. There's uh, all kinds of position papers, info graphics. There's a relationship quiz that might be particularly useful to your audience under under concept, under relationship economics, uh, where it actually we've built an engine that gives them their own profile of, of, of where they are on this relationship investor spectrum, if you will. Uh, so just our website, Nor Group, again, N-O-U-R group.com is uh, a lot of my background and bio and, and like I said, blog and some great, great content to uh, to download as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So last thing, if you had to give us your number one tip, okay, so let's say we identify these strategic relationships. We go, okay, these are the people I'm going after. Here's some people that I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, not, not have it on the list. And I go, uh, what do you think is your number one tip for nurturing those strategic relationships? Yeah, I, 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 um, I've often, I've often, uh, believe that, that, um, in an effort not to offend, right? We uh, we say nothing. We're so we're so cautious about, you know. I, I don't want to be like as you brought it up. I don't want to be too bold, or I don't want to be too, you know. I don't want to be a bull in the china shop. That's the other thing I've heard. Maybe mine is 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 cultural, but I tell people you're either going to love my candor, or you're going to hate my candor. I think, way, especially the higher you go up in any organization, I think way too many executives are surrounded by people that tell them what they want to hear versus what they need to hear. So so my biggest tip for you really getting good at this is is focus on fewer 
but build more meaningful relationships, build more authentic relationships. Let them see the real you. We're, we're never going to be everybody's you know, cup of tea. And I tell my clients, you're either going to love my candor or you're going to hate my candor, but that's what you're going to get. And, and more and more clients really appreciate that. And they appreciate that I don't have an agenda. I'm not after somebody's job. And I can point blank ask them, why are we doing this? And what result are you expecting from doing the same thing? Or why is John still on this team? And, and those kinds of really candid discussions that provoke people to think, I think help you build more meaningful, more impactful, more candid and honest and real relationships, especially in our low trust environment where people are skeptical to begin with, be the real you because most everybody has a BS radar. And when you're not, they see right through it. Hmm. That's an interesting idea that candor is a a facilitator of trust. And uh, I think it's one that we underestimate. So I really appreciate you, David. Check out the book, Relationship Economics, uh, and you know, stay in touch with David. He's got Co-Create coming out in January. I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating uh, and wild ride. And uh, David, we wish you all the best, my friend. Thanks very much. I appreciate you having me. And likewise, good luck to you. And see you, uh, see you on the speaking circuit. <laughs> I'll see you out there, man. Take care. I really love the idea of being more intentional about our relationships. And I, I think it's such a powerful concept, relationship economics, and thinking about the currency. Because whether we like it or not, it's happening, right? Um, and obviously, we got a lot into the discussion about not manipulating people and not not just strictly, you know, you have to be careful of just strictly pe- seeing people for what they can do for you, which I don't think any of us really like and, uh, you know, isn't isn't very fulfilling. But yet, at the same time, being strategic. And what David was talking about there with the three types of people, I think that'll that'll really stick with me about there's personal relationships, functional relationships, and then there's strategic relationships. And and those really are important because they elevate your thinking and they they help you accelerate your career and accelerate towards your goal. And that that matters. And also the idea of givers, takers, and investors, I thought was really good. And I I like the concept of of being an investor, and um, but I'm I'm not completely aligned, I guess, in terms of uh, I actually think you can give and and um, you know like investing is is giving with with the idea that you're expecting a return, and uh, I have some other I have a, a kind of just a nuance on that philosophy which I'll share. Um, in just a moment, but I I love the idea of being bold. I love the idea of that candor facilitates trust. Um, I love what he is saying. Honestly, the most one of the most powerful things he said in that whole interview for me was right in the very beginning, where he said, "In every other country in the world, we build relationships first, from which we do business." And in the U.S., it's like we just we just do business, and then out of that, we build relationships. And I was reminded of one of our senior partners at Southwestern Consulting, and uh, her name's Kitty Barrow. She's one of our best coaches, and um, just one of the one of the you know senior equity holders in the business now. And um, I was having a conversation with Kitty, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and. And she was really talking to me about the power of referrals. And she said, why are we teaching people how to go out and prospect in all of these different ways and not just giving them one option and making that one option be call everybody you know and ask them for referrals? 
Don't try to sell to the people that you know necessarily, but call everybody you know that are your friends and your family, the people you have relationships with and build your business out of those relationships. And, you know, of course I know that and I've heard that and we do teach that and we do talk about it, but there was a level of emphasis that Kitty had that really stuck with me. It was like, gosh, yeah, that's so stupid. Why, why don't we... Because I think, and I think the reason why is because we we don't like to sell to our friends and family, and that can be awkward and have some you know weird dynamics. Um, but we should definitely go to those people for referrals. That's those are the people that we have trust with. As David said, we're looking for trust-centered introductions. That's what you want: a trust-centered introduction. So start with the people who trust you and ask referrals and build your business from there. And so Kitty really has me. Uh, sold on that and focused on that, and and that's been a great reminder and a good a good thing. Then, um, so really, really rich stuff. So what I wanted to share with you is just reflecting back on my conversation with David, uh, relationship economics and relationships in general. I wanted to share with you five rules for developing more influential relationships. Five rules of developing more influential relationships. In other words. How do you attract the attention of influential people? And how do you become seen as more influential where people want uh, and are attracted to you? Um, and they're they're bringing more opportunities your ways. So in some ways, it's just five rules of becoming more influential, but specifically five rules of developing more influential relationships by you being seen as more influential in a way that will draw people to you. And I think these are these are worthwhile. So number one, and this is my secret weapon, I really think this is my secret weapon, is be studious. Be studious. Keep learning. There is something about people who are influential who are constantly learning. Because they're learning, they're growing. Because they're growing, they're doing new things. They're, they're trying new ideas. They're meeting new people. They're getting exposed. And there's like a, an upward spiral that happens when, when you learn. The more you learn, the more you earn, um, you know, for the most part, assuming that you're taking action, which is what you better be doing if you're listening to this podcast is taking action. But, but keep learning. Be studious. So that's number one. Number two, which is very closely related, is be useful. Be useful. You, you got to kind of be consumed with the idea of how can I be of, of use to other people? While we don't really want to use people, I personally focus very much on how can I be used by other people? So I don't want to use people. I certainly don't want to make people feel used, but I want to be used by other people. I want to be useful. I I want people to consider me a source of a place that they would go to for an answer to a question or for an idea or uh, for feedback or for... Um, new education, right? So a lot of why a lot of what I'm sharing is things because I'm learning all the time. And that's what this whole podcast is. All I'm doing is learning right along with you. Uh, and I'm asking the questions that I want to know for myself. Um, so be studious and be useful. And I think the more studious you are, the easier it is to be useful. Number three, be seen. You got to be seen. You got to be seen. There's a level of boldness that David has that I really respect and admire. And I walk away kind of going, you know, what? I, I need to I need to be more bold about some of this stuff. And 
It requires a little boldness to be seen. You got to be out there. People got to know who you are. So, you know, that's, that means being at networking events. That means going to social gatherings. It means you know, being online if, if that's, if that's your thing. And, and, um, you know, sharing stuff on Facebook and Twitter that's useful or LinkedIn or having a blog or whatever, having a podcast. Uh, you know, we got a whole new division at Southwestern Consulting that's forming called Automated Revenue Machine. That's all we're doing is helping people be seen in an online world, speaking, right? Speaking at events um, and just going to industry events. You have to be seen in order to become more influential. People, uh, they have to see you and know who you are to even look at you as an influential person. So there's a lot of value and it's, it's in some ways you would think it's harder than ever to be seen because there's so much noise, but it's really easier than ever to be seen uh, because the, at least the tools are more available than ever before to be seen. And you have a built-in audience already of whoever your friends and family and network are. Um, so be useful. And that's a great way to be seen is by being useful and uh, being in on, you know, things that are going on. Number four, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. And what I mean by that is do your best to advance the thinking that has already been done. You know, there's a big term about being a thought leader. And maybe you've heard that as, oh, he's a thought leader. She's a thought leader. Everybody's a thought leader today. Um, You know, I, I don't necessarily think of my, I guess I do in some ways think of myself as a thought leader, but all I'm trying to do, and this is really connected to being useful, is I want to advance the thinking on what's been said. So by being studious, I'm knowledgeable on what has already been said. And then being thoughtful is adding something to it and saying, okay, what's the next generation of that? Or what's the evolution of that? Or how have the times changed that uh, or what is a prediction of what that's going to be like in the future based on what is happening right now um, and and I think that that's that's really huge to to do what you can to advance the thinking to forward the progress uh, in your industry or your profession or in your service um, what can you do that nobody else is doing or what can you say that nobody else has said yet not just for the sake of saying something different but for the for the with the intention of advancing the thought um, and that's a big part of you know and procrastinating on purpose that whole book is all about okay how do we 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 move the thinking on time management and productivity forward so be thoughtful and as you take more risks and you're thoughtful in that way people start to see you as more influential because generally you are you're on the cutting edge because you're creating the cutting edge like you're you're creating the future because you attend all the events and you do learn and you're 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 in the know on on what is happening so be thoughtful and then number 5 and this is the nuance uh the one to to what David was saying um number 5 is be graceful be graceful now i love what he's talking about relationship economics i think he covered you know the the thing about not being manipulative and not using people i think he he believes in that and covered that all very well the 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 thing about being an investor is the idea is that if you invest you're investing with the idea of a return and i believe very much in that when it comes to relationships investing in relationships you're going to get a return however i think very often the return that you get is not from necessarily that particular relationship that you are investing into. In other words, I've my this is my personal philosophy here. 
is, so the definition of grace, which a lot of people don't understand, or graceful, we think of forgiveness, which is obviously a huge part of grace, but the definition of graceful is giving without expectation of receipt. Giving without expectation of receipt. And being graceful is giving, you know, investing is sort of giving with the expectation of receipt. But being graceful is giving without the expectation of receipt. And and the only nuance is just saying, I think a lot of times the value that you put out into the world, the return on the investment that you get back from that definitely comes but it often doesn't come through the same medium by which you put it out into the world. Um, and it often doesn't come at the same time. I'm constantly preaching around Southwestern Consulting to our team. Uh, you always get paid for how hard you work, sometimes now, oftentimes later, but always eventually. You always get paid for how hard you work, sometimes now, oftentimes later, always eventually. It's very similar to the idea of of giving, it's abundance, and this idea of like, yes, be helpful, be useful, and I don't necessarily track and say, okay, I have to get a return on this specific relationship because I've invested in this relationship. I think what happens is just the more that you give in general, it comes back to you. So I think different people would have different philosophies on that. That is more of mine uh, and what I try to do, and you, if you've listened to the show, you know that like, to me, the person who is is the ultimate example of of grace in my life is my wife and my business partner. Um, she gives and gives and gives to to everybody around her, and and she doesn't necessarily like she doesn't expect things in in return. Like she gives gifts, doesn't expect someone else to buy her a gift. She just gives because she loves giving, and it comes back to her. It may be not exactly through the channel or the mechanism or the vehicle that she gave in, but it comes back to her. And so I've really tried to model after that. Um, and uh, so whether you're investing and you're, you're expecting to get a direct return on a relationship or a specific you know, educational piece or some activity you're involved in, uh, or, uh, you know, what I'm talking about is, is that you don't, I don't think you have to monitor it that closely. I think it just comes back to you. I think God takes care of it. I think, you know, whatever karma takes care of it. I think it comes back around because I'm a big believer. You always get paid for how hard you work. Uh, sometimes now, oftentimes later, always, eventually. And those are five ideas for how you can become a more influential person and thereby develop more influential relationships with people coming to you. Be studious, be useful, be seen, be thoughtful, and be graceful. Thanks for listening. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that really helps us out. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.